This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West london podcast brought to you by anything is possible aip.media and we are coming out of a weekend where we came out of the fa cup the bees were not up for the cup at all and the argument could say is that we really 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 weren't up for the cup as we went up to everton first time we've been to everton for absolute years and we came with our tails between our legs as we let in four goals and we scored one but we're going to look forward. We're not going to look back. My name's Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with Laney, who is still Africa-bound, but he's on his way back. Going to make his way up to the Etihad with me on Wednesday as the Bees play Man City. So we're going to be talking about the Everton game. We're going to be talking about Man City. But also, there's one other thing that we need to talk about, which is a bit of a ray of light in all this glum and gloom in it, Laney. First of all, I'm going to say, Laney, how are you? I mean, you look fairly suntanned at the moment. Yeah, I'm good. I've, I've, had a, I've had a nice chilled week. Um, met some really good people here. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a laugh, actually. So uh, it's un- unexpected. It's, it's been better than I thought it was going to be. So, so, uh, so yeah, they, they ensure good. that you weren't dancing on your own? No, no. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of a uh, lot of shirts around around the place. There was a there was a not in a forest shirt out yesterday. It's the first time I've seen. Obviously, they they won. Um, there was seeing when they're winning, yeah. All kinds of Norwich around, which I've, I've just avoided. I've just not, I've not spoken to them. Cov, Coventry, got a friendly with a Coventry fan. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been all right. It's been all right. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's been a few sights, and uh, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all been good. And I, you know, the, the, the Saturday was definitely uh, kind of like, you know, it, it's a, it's a, something I was looking forward to. Obviously, you know, just your, your team, and then uh, I wish I hadn't bothered. If you know what I mean, it was just you know a lot of lot of frantically trying to find streams and you know just cutting out and yeah, it was just 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 awful. Um, so yeah, I'm out of the cup and um, looking looking towards league points. So it's 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 now I guess no, there's no there's no distractions now. We know, we know what we've got to do and we just got to crack on and do it. That's right, cracking on and do it. So, but I'll tell you something. There's one 
uh, sort of cog, one extra cog in the wheel that's going to enable us to help us to crack on and do it. And we've just signed a bit of a coup, a bit of a signing, and one that's made the world actually kind of focus their eyes on little old Brentford. Christian Eriksen is finally in the house. CE21, as it is, the number is 21. And uh, apparently, like I said, they had four people actually on duty solely to actually just press Ericsson shirts. Uh, we had a few of our crew went down to the club shop the other day and they had four people there sort of pressing shirts away. Apparently, we've had more orders for uh, the B shirt with the Ericsson on it than we've had at the start of the season at the launch of the kit. You know, there's all sorts and there were more from Scandinavia and everything like that. Everyone has gone Christian Ericsson potty. Laney, uh, has that made you your 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 heart tingle over there in uh, uh, deepest darkest Africa? It, it, it is something we're we're clinging on to, aren't we? You know, yeah, it's he is a world class name and he's a world class talent, and we just need to see some world class moments from him now. Because as I just said, you know, it's it's about focusing on what we need to do now without any distractions. As the the January window shut. Uh, we can't we can't get any more players in unless we find any out contractors, um, and uh, just so the squad's pretty much the squad. We've got no cup games now, um, and we've just got to, we've got to get four, three, four or five wins to to get us over the over the line. You know, depending on what other other clubs do. Um, still think it's going to be squeaky bum, but you know it's. Um, We've got we've got the games ahead of us. We know how to prep for them. Uh, hopefully, COVID doesn't rear its head again. We, you know, well, I think we had two players that came back from the international the well, the the, uh, the winter break with, with COVID. Um, they should be available for the weekend. And um, it's yeah, as I say, it's it, it's just about focusing on what we need to do and getting back to the Brentford that, that got the points on the board, not the Brentford that's hemorrhaging goals and, uh, you know, lost its last six games, isn't it now? Yeah. I mean, Christian Eriksen, because in the house, amazing signing. There's so many people saying, I can't believe that you signed him. This is really amazing. This is amazing for Brentford. Obviously, we signed him because, A, we were in the Premier League and, B, because we've got very strong Danish connections. I mean, I know some people sort of laughed at our Danish connections saying, you know, why are you dealing with Denmark? Why, why, you know, why aren't you picking up players from, you know, areas which, 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 which are successful? I mean, I know that's been said to me from time, but I think that maybe uh, over time we've shown how it actually kind of seems to be working in our favour. And this has definitely worked in our favour. Question I'm going to ask you though, Laney, do you think that there's a little bit over reliance that Christian Eriksen is going to be the, the saviour, the, the bee's knees, the person that's going to come and actually kind of rescue this club? And, and there's, there's, there's not being a fish to fry, but there's, it, this is a whole club thing. It's not all about Christian Eriksen. Or do you think the fact that he's in the middle there and he can play in all sorts of different positions may actually really benefit the bees? It's got, the benefits are clear, you know. It's, it's, you know, the, the assumptions are that he's fit and he's going to be match fit, and he can contribute soon because that's that's you know that's important. You know, we we said before, we said on the on the transfer deadline day, you know, pod that we're not here just to help him. He has to. It's a two way. It's a two way street, and he has to, he has to contribute and help us. It's not all about us getting him fit. You, you make the assumption that he, he is he is fit or he can be very very quickly. So he needs to be out there on the pitch and and help him with our deficiencies. You know, we, we have had a um, a creation uh, issue. Um where you know the, the the balls are being threaded through the eye of the needle for Ivan Tony to run on onto and, and score. That that that's been lacking this season because we just 
you know, we're up against premiership defences that are just better and better organised and, and just just more experienced. And it's, it's harder to score goals. So, you know, he's proven his ability at that top level and we're expecting more of the same. So, yeah, there is a, there is an over-reliance. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that we should be equally as excited that Josh De Silva's back in the camp because the, the, the two of them dovetailing or working out the you know, you know midfield uh, an attacking midfield situation that um, where both of those players are playing at their peak and Ivan Tony and Brian and Bumo. We we need we need five, six, seven, well more than that. We need eight or nine players like really at the top of their game in most of the matches for the, from here on in. You know, we've 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 been we've been sub optimum and you you can't you can't be like that in this division. We've seen it, you know, and that's that's, that's what that's what con- contributed at the weekend. You know, have another heavy defeat at Everton. It's not what the doctor ordered, really. No, no, no. So listen, I mean, Christian Eriksen in the house. Now, final question because we're going to obviously be talking about Christian Eriksen a lot, especially when he makes his debut. And uh, again, you know, this question marks out because he actually only turned up for training yesterday. I think for the first time, I think well, Thursday, mm. uh, Monday, Monday for the first time he turned up for training as well. And uh, and, and and there was a few. They were quite surprised because there was actually no press down at the uh, the training camp. At the time, Jersey Road, there was no press or anything like that down there. So it's actually quite quiet. But we had a few of our besotted uh, characters who were down there. And apparently, um, Christian Eriksen, he's got his own kind of um, sort of kind of a medical person there just standing by the side of the of the, of the, of the training pitch, basically, at his beck and call. Isn't, isn't that right, Laney? So I heard, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a paramedic that's, that's constantly there, which you know, I guess is precautionary. Um, and I guess you've got that kind of that kind of uh, risks involved that you, you, you know you, you you sort of factor that in. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping, mate, that you know we, we don't become a one one horse one horse you know team because you know it's it's not all about him. And I hope uh, hopefully we're we're not talking about him constantly every week because you know we, it, as I said others have to contribute and you know it's 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 important that we just don't get distracted by um a bit of a circus to be honest with you. You know it's it, it could it could have a, a negative effect. But yeah I mean we'd be would be pretty pretty sort of miserable if we weren't excited about him at this stage. No, definitely. So listen, we're going to be talking about Christian Eriksen more in the past weeks as to how he's fitting into Brentford. We're going to see that if you just check out, you know, the YouTube, you check out on Nine Chip Twitter and everything like that, you know, he's got his, you know, he's got his signing photograph. He's got the whole welcome to Brentford fingers out there. So there's a lot of excitement around that. But like I said to you, he's probably not going to play. Well, I'll be very surprised if he played against Manchester City as well. You know, I'll be quite surprised if he played against, uh, if he was on the bench against uh, Crystal Palace. You know, for me, I think the Arsenal game is a game that I'm actually quite excited about him appearing, making his first appearance for. But we shall see. But anyway, let's just forget talking about Christian for a minute. Let's not even look forward to our next match for a minute. We have to look back and we have to do a little bit of analysis, unfortunately, on our game in the FA Cup, which did not go according to plan. I'm going to go away. We're going to go and have a little drink and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that Everton game. So Goodison Park, Everton in the house. The Bees in the house. The Bees, well, they joined the party but they didn't really kind of start dancing at all they just sort of kind of sat in the corner and uh, Everton were dancing for pretty much 90 minutes so we did get up for a little moment and we had a little bit of a jig and then we sat down again and Everton continued to dance you know and even after 
the lights came on at the end, they carried on dancing as well. That's quite a bad analogy, but <laughs> I've tried to sort of kind of forget this game for a few days so that I can actually kind of talk about it with any sort of kind of sort of kind of, kind of you know not talking nonsense, but I, the nonsense came out of my mouth again. Um, did you did you like my rubbish party analogy there, lady? Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, you like that? Okay, yeah. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, we weren't at, basically, we weren't at the party, were we? You weren't at the party. No, well, I certainly wasn't. <laughs> no, no um, the, bee, the bees weren't at the really party. Close. No, the bees weren't at the party. And, and and the thing about it is that I'm going to have to ask you, Lainey, why do you think the bees weren't at the party? And what was the main takeaway from you as to the fact that that party was not happening for us? Well, you know, it's it seems like in the end, you know, we, we were delighted to see, you know, Josh come off the bench and David Rea start and... Uh, but it, it seemed to be like a bit more of an experimental match than um, than we probably hoped. Um, you know, there was talk of six thousands. You know, I, I never thought for one second we were ever going to take six thousand. We spoke about that, but it's, it's almost like it's a bloody good job we didn't, isn't it? Because what, what, why would we have been whipped up into taking a huge away following for a game that really? You know, it, it didn't seem that we were ever set up to to to, to win. Um, you know, it, it, we we got a few players that uh, have got some minutes under their belts. It was almost like a glorified uh, friendly, really. It was it wasn't probably dissimilar to the Aston Villa game that we we played during the week, um, just to get some minutes under the belts. So yeah, I mean, seeing David Raya back is great, but you know, to travel up to Liverpool for that i don't know i'm not sure you know it's 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 uh it would have a lot of a lot of brentford fans spent a lot of money on a on a match that really it didn't it didn't live up to any of the expectations and you know uh, it's 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 a serious business traveling traveling away with brentford you, you pick and you choose and you you have to you have to decide how much money you want you're going to want to spend and going up to liverpool is is never cheap so yeah a lot of a lot of fans will would have come out of that game going i just spent a lot of money on something that probably really wasn't worth it yeah i mean for me the main takeaway i mean there's there's so many takeaways from that i mean obviously the main takeaways are the fact that you know raya and Josh De Silva are back, and they are quality. You know, um, David Raya's distribution, you realise again when a player comes in the side, it's just like when Aya came in the side, you realise, oh, we missed him. You know, you've got to realise Raya in the side, his distribution, he's very calm on the ball. He, you know, if he's going to shoot it, play, uh, play it long, then he plays it long and he normally gets the target. If he plays it short, he's just so confident on the ball. So I think that, you know, don't forget he's rusty. So, okay, things might not necessarily 100% have gone to plan, but you can see the benefit that you've got on the side. So for me, the main takeaways are, you know, that we did miss David Raya massively. And I know that there's a, you know, there's one goal, maybe a couple of goals where you would have thought, oh, old David Raya would have got that. In particular, I think it was the second goal where uh, the ball was dinked over the top and uh, and it was uh, Richarlison got there first to Raya. And I, like I said to you, I, I've not watched the game back. I have to admit, I, this, this is one that I've just put to the back of my mind, but I just thought, look, how, how did Richarlison kind of manage to get that little touch and just dink it over Raya? And you can see Raya was so disappointed that he didn't get to the ball because normally at any time he would have got there or he'd have sort of put himself or thrown himself, but he just didn't do that this time. But, you know, listen, Raya, Raya's, you know, Raya's good. The other thing, like I said to you, and most people say Josh Silva, he only played 15 minutes, but you can see, you know, the man, literally the ball sticks to his feet. You know, <laughs> he sort of glides through, ball sticks to his feet. And obviously he's still rusty, but just him in that team, you sort of think, listen, give him three weeks 
give him till the Newcastle game or the Norwich game and, and he's going to be back on his game and that's going to be good for us. So the main takeaways are how much we've missed those two players and what they bring to Brentford, you know. Um, but the other main takeaway, I suppose, is the fact that you can't sort of deny the fact that even though we've got this sort of kind of rallying call thing goes on, Thomas Frank goes, yes, we did these things right, we did those things right and this is fine, that, you know, the, if you lose six games in a row, your head's going to be down and, and you're going to be low in confidence. And, you know, we played this game, we started off and we did all right. And then we did the usual thing that we normally do where the ball, you know, came across from a corner and we just allowed Everton to score from a corner. And I think after that, we our just confidence just was shot, you know, and Everton again turning around saying how bad were Brentford, you know, how, how terrible are they? And the fact is that we know that we've got good players and we've got a good side, but all of a sudden if our top confidence is shot like this, this is not a good look at all. And it almost makes you think that it's a bit disappointing because if we were in the cup still, and we were playing, you know, not them, but we were playing sort of kind of sort of lower league teams as such. But we played them with our first team. That might have helped us to get a bit of game time and get some wins. You know, I mean, we know we did it against Port Vale, but I think we needed to get a little bit more. And I think they would have had to sort of look, put a first team out against, if it was Boring Word or whoever else we played, I believe, because we actually need to get that confidence back. Because at the moment now, our confidence is shot. And so we haven't got confident. And, and then you get Everton and teams just pressing us the whole time because they know that if they press us, they get us to make mistakes and then they get us on the break. And it's just a, it's a never-ending circle. So we need to break, break that ever-ending ever circle. So, you know, my main takeaway is that we need, we need a bit of a break. OK, we've also been a bit unlucky, I think, and we need a bit of a break. Um, I don't know how they're going to uh, sort this uh, defensive conundrum. Um, obviously, Ethan Pinnock was out and there was a lot of questions going around us to like, you know, what is our defensive three? We've got Aya, we've got Pinnock, we've got Japonis Janssen, um, you know, and we've got Mads Beck Sorensen. Mads Beck Sorensen, and this is not having a go at him as an individual, but, you know, he didn't have the best game in the world at all. I know every player can have a bad game, you know, and if you have a bad game up front, no one says, you know, anything too much other than that you just didn't have any chances. If you have a bad game at the back, it can really cost you. And he didn't have a bad game and what he contributed. But then also Pontus also has a mistake in him, as people say, you know, every now and again, he's mistaken him. So what is our best back three? Um, as a quick, you know, obviously our best back three is Aya, well, I'll say Pontus and, um, and, and, and Pinnock, you know, but is it a case of if Pinnock isn't in, then we are massively lacking, you know, is it a place that, you know, does Mads Beck Sorensen replace Pontus? There's so many questions going out there. You know, is it a case that, you know, I mean, we talked, you know, a few weeks ago, we we're saying that we thought that Mads Beck was wicked. He's come on leaps and bounds. He's had a, he's a, he's had a nightmare, you know. So, because for me, it's about defensive solidity. Forget about the missing right back that we could talk about till the cows come home. If we got defensive solidity, we can build from that. And that's what we had at the beginning of the season. And that's what we seem to not be having. And as soon as you don't have that solidity, it's almost like the rest of the team has to perform twice or three times as hard to ensure that we're not going to lose games. Any thoughts on this defensive situation, Laney? No, you're right. We have, we have to stop, but we have to build from the back. And, you know, David Rayo was a massive part of the success we had at the beginning of the season. You know, just the, the fact that he could take the pressure off. Um, he, he, could, he, could, he was the one that, that, that swept the ball wide or set up a, set up the, you know, a move for, or, or pinged it long and cut out midfield. Um, so, yeah, you just hope that with minutes under his belt, um, he, he, he's able to sort of get back to that kind of form again. You know, but we've got Man City, um, you know, so it's it's very difficult. We we have to be we have to be watertight against probably the best team in in world football at the moment, club side. Um, 
it's 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 the task that we've got up at the Etihad is is almost is almost I wouldn't say beyond us because there are teams that can go there and get a point. We've seen that on an off day, but get getting that getting that defence is 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 clearly set right is, is clearly like the, the biggest task at the moment because we have to we have to start keeping clean sheets and getting getting goals and we, we do we we do need points on the board and it's I know it's stating the stating the bleeding obvious but you know it, it it is it's all about building from the back and once you know that you're not gonna you know concede a goal every time the opposition get a corner then, then, then it gives you that confidence to kind of hopefully start, start, you know, coming forward with a little bit more swagger. But you know, we we, we have to we have to start keeping uh, a clean sheet, and you know, that, that's that's a that's a Crystal Palace um, priority, I'd say. I mean, I, you know, what what happens at the Etihad happens at the Etihad. You just got to hope that we don't get we don't get our noses rubbed in it. Yeah, okay. We're going to come to the Man City game in a little bit. You know, just coming back to this Everton game as well. We're going to uh, go back to the stadium. We're going to listen to what the fans had to say, both Brentford and Everton fans, in the stands and uh, in and around the streets of Everton after the match. Second best most of the day there, Eric. After we got a goal back, we looked like we might do something, but straight away, they wouldn't have got a third and that's the difference between two sides in a day. Well, eventually the silver there and... Uh, he came on for, what, 15, 20 minutes. Every touch he had was sublime. He's He's been the biggest miss this season. I mean, obviously we missed Raya when he was out, but the Silver, he's the most Premier League ready player in this squad, and he's been such a big miss. Every touch he had today was superb. If we can get him uh, motoring alongside Ericsson when he comes into the side, we'll look a lot better. He'll look a lot more positive. And that's, that's what I think is last hand last a lot this season. Our, our midfield just not been at it. So if we can get our midfield firing with, with those two leading it, side up a bit in the back, create a bit more up front with uh, the silver and Ericsson pulling strings. And hopefully we'll see them through these last couple of months. Yeah, no, Josh looked great when he came on. He was silky on the ball. You can only hope he's, he's the one that's going to be the one that, that, that him and Ericsson linking up together. You know, you can imagine them feeding and Bremo and, uh, and Tony, but just... Only positive. And Shandon, to be fair, I thought Shandon came on. He made an impact on the game as well. But um, I think Jensen's got. To, you've got to look at Jensen's position. You've got. To, you've got to look at Norgard. He was constantly getting up, caught in, either caught in possession or just out out of position. He's got. To, he's got to play that deeper role better. It was poor today, I think. Um, I thought. I mean, you've played well, like you know. But I just thought um, that 50-50s, like we were just committed, and you know. Um, I just thought that we, you know, we were pressed and we didn't we didn't allow you to play. I mean, the only time you got the ball through was on that penalty because I mean, Pickford, I can't recall him making many saves, like you know, and uh, but you know, as 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 a side, you play good football, you pass it about and things like that. But you know, you came up against a side today that was hungry, you know, and wanted something to prove, like you know, and the fans, you know, when you come to Goodison, if the team play well enough, you you know. The fans get behind the crowd, like you know. Obviously, it was a chance for us to try some of the players that we wouldn't have. Young Coombs having probably to step up more now that Force has gone out on loan. A chance to try a new formation, but we didn't take that. Um, wasn't too pleased with Kano's uh, performance today, but what can you do with Sir Anand Boymart with COVID? Um, so hopefully, we can use this to learn, to pick up, and it's great to have David Ray, Josh De Silva back, and Ericsson hopefully providing for Ivan Tony. For 
70, 60, 70 minutes, quite a standard game. No one looked that good. They didn't look that good. We certainly didn't look that good. But when we introduced Josh De Silva, we suddenly got on the front foot. Raya was good. It's good to see Raya back. His distribution was great. To be fair, probably couldn't have done anything about the goals. Maybe the goal just after half-time. I think maybe at the start of the season, Raya would have got it. This, at this game, it was some kind of stretch Armstrong go-go gadget leg from Richardson, which, which got him the ball. And it was fair enough, it was, it was a decent goal. But when, when we had possession, we didn't look threatening. They didn't look threatening. It was just those, maybe with, same as the Man United games, when they had the opportunity to score, they, they scored the goals. They put the ball in the net. They moved it around quite well. We defended quite well. It was a bit of a nothing game. When Josh De Silva came on, the ball did what you expected to do in a Josh De Silva moment, stuck to his foot. He pushed us forward, created a couple of opportunities, nothing came of it, but good to see him back and guess that's the best positive we can take from that there you have it fans after the game and uh they they were straight up you know they just told it as it is and to be fair the Everton fans actually thought they said they were quite good but they just said we were more potty for it Everton were more up for it is what they said which I think is a fair play Uh, I think we were also quite unlucky the fact that we got new manager and I I don't necessarily believe in new manager bounds but I do believe in new manager going and going what the fuck are you not doing you're actually good players you need to give them a kick up the arse and they look like they properly got a kick up the arse and the other thing I'd say is that also just because Everton have like lost loads of games doesn't mean that they're rubbish they've got some they've got some really good players in this side they started the season really well and, you know, maybe they've had someone to go inside there and put them back at that beginning of season kind of vibe. Because I looked at some of the ways that they're putting the ball around. Some people go, no, oh, Everton are rubbish, they're crap. And I'm just thinking, no, look at the confidence, the confidence they've got in the ball and where they're pinging the ball around. And the, the, the goal that they scored Andros Townsend, I thought it was a great goal. I had to put my hand up and say, well, that's a, that's well, that's a well-worked goal that was. And the way he took it was just fantastic. Like, you know, so they're a good side, you know, but that's, that we, that can't be an excuse for us to kind of just, just, just put, you know, to just to, to, to you know, just to lie down and, and take it because at the end of the day, we need to put up a fight. And the fact is that, you know, if they have got the energy to, to press us and that press us and make mistakes, you know, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we moving off the ball? Why are we making all these silly mistakes? Why, you know, there were silly mistakes for a start that actually, that, that just lowered you know, just 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 fluffed it for us. You know that 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 corner turned everything. You know, if you want to talk about a key moment in the game, corner comes across and bang, there you go in the back of the net. Look, all of a sudden we're completely on the back foot. So how do we turn that around? I have no idea. But listen, you know, the fans have told us as it is. You know, and look, we've talked about this. You know, as much as we can do, and as much I suppose as as we want to, because what else can we say about this Everton game? The fact that we have to put it behind us, we have to use it, as Laney says, as a training game almost. The fact that, you know, Josh De Silva got some competitive minutes under his belt. David Raya got some competitive minutes under his belt. I'm picking the ball out the back of the net, but that's not the point. Um, you know, and, and other players got competitive minutes out of the belt. And also Thomas Frank has turned around, might have turned around and said, Ooh, actually, to be honest with you, I'm, you know, probably ain't going to do that again or not going to play him there again or wh- whatever. We, we, we let's, let's learn from it properly and let's move forward because we've got some big matches coming up now and uh, we know how we can play. So we just need to turn it around. Tell you what, you know, I mean, we've we've, we've talked about that we've heard from the fans, but also JB, you know, JB has a bit of a, a cup 
lilt, an Everton lilt to it as well. And also looking forward to our matches. JB is going to give us a bit of facts and some funk. Let's go over to JB and let's listen to his facts and his funk. Jonathan Burchill here again. This week we're off to Manchester City, a trip we've not made since the League Cup tie in 1989, with then record signing Eddie May scoring in a 4-1 defeat. But back to Saturday, and our defeated Everton brings an end to our involvement in Cups. It was unusual this season in that we had never played any of our six League Cup or FA Cup opponents before in those respective competitions. Sam and Goddess was the only player to appear in all six ties. The game saw Ivan Tony score his first FA Cup goal for us, taking his 100% penalty record to 14, and he scored for the third successive game, something he hasn't done since last March. It also saw the welcome return of David Rea in goal, although it was the first time he let in four goals in his Brentford career. On the bench were two other goalkeepers, Jonas Lossel and Alvaro Fernandez. Marius Dijkhausen was the last to make a similar selection when Jack Bonham and Mark Smith were back up to David Button in an injury-hit squad away at Middlesbrough in September 2015. For Thomas Frank, it was the fourth time he'd taken us to the fourth round of the Cup, another club record only eclipsed by Harry Curtis. This season was our 125th entering the FA Cup, but the wait to lift the trophy goes on. There you go, JB with some facts and some funk, and uh, the one fact that I didn't quite like there was just quite almost quite worrying, I suppose, and it's pretty disappointing for David Raya. It's the first time David Raya has let in four goals for the mighty, mighty bees. So uh, so let that one sink in, like, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like how, you know, listen, we were playing in the Premier League, but so that's how far we've dropped. And uh, I know beforehand when we were losing matches, we were losing all our matches kind of by the odd goal, like one one nil here or there or 2-1 or whatever it may be. But all of a sudden, we've had a couple of four ones. We had the Southampton 4-1, if I remember rightly. Again, I've tried to put that out of my back of my mind. And we've had this uh, Everton 4-1 as well. And it seems to be the sort of the watertight Brentford. Oh, no, we're just losing on a, you know, just they're nicking it. It's not quite the same, in it, Laney? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, it's, it's worrying. You know, you, you, you can be, you can, you can have bravado and you can, be, you can have confidence and you can say we're, we're going to be all right and we only need X. X points, but it's, it's, you know, in in this run of form, you, you you're querying where they're going to come. You know, we, we, we there's not one weekend now where we don't play a, a premiership good team. You know, there's some of them have, have had stinky runs too, and they're down the bottom, but they're all they're all capable of beating us because because some of them have, and or most of them have. Um, we 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 have we have to we have to get back to being a premiership club rather than, than looking like you know we're we're sort of slightly lost um which is the way i've described this this run we've had some st- we've had some massive games let's not let's not forget you know we've, we've, we've played some of the you know the man, man united and liverpool but there's 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 games in there that the team at the beginning of the season would have won so yeah i'm i'm, I'm a bit concerned um so we just have to, we, we we have we have to we have to get our minds right and I, I, you know I'm, I'm hoping that Christian Eriksen coming in he has that kind of ability to instill confidence in, in, in the team because he will he'll be he'll have a, he, he, 
team, the players around him will want to raise their game. They will want to be, you know, they, they, they'll want to perform with him. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I am concerned. Right, OK. And, and what I'm going to say, just lastly, to talk about the trip to Everton, we were gutted when we got Everton, just because, you know, everyone had planned in the Everton last away game of the season, the 16th of May, I think it is. And everyone had planned that. They've booked hotels. They're going to be there for the last week of the season. Liverpool in the sun, hopefully, you know, the sun, you know, in May. And all of a sudden, Everton came out of the house. Like, oh, no. So, like I said, you know, we got the 6,000 uh, tickets, which, you know, you and me said, well, why are we getting 6,000? We're never going to sell 6,000. You know, in the end, Everton took a, a portion of those 6,000 because they got the Frank Lampard effect. So they got more fans that wanted to come in. We got lambasted. You know, the Everton fans are calling us tin pot because we couldn't sell out our allocation. But the fact is that, you know, we, we had 4,000 fans 10 years ago, you know, if, if we were lucky. So I'm not even going to, you know, it doesn't even bother me that, that kind of thing, you know. Um, but, you know, I think what's more to the point is that we, but we bought some fans. Well, I actually quite liked it because it was, I was in an away end where all of a sudden there was some, some seats spared. So you can actually get your mates together and actually stand in an area rather than being hemmed in and you've got no one else around you with all your mates are sort of dotted all over the place. So I actually, I actually quite, thought it was actually quite refreshing actually having a few, a few spare seats where you could actually manoeuvre to where you wanted to go to. But um, as an away day, I mean, you know, I, I drove for once. I didn't actually get on the train because I, you know, just because I just wanted to get in and out of the place as well. So, but we had a good journey on the way back. I was there with the old Scary Carey and Street Boy Tim, who does a lot of articles for the Besotted. Just check him out, besotted.com. Very, very good. Um, articles that Street Boy does on the uh, word on the street every week. And we had a right good chat, you know, about old school Brentford, new school Brentford, where we're going. So that was good, but as well. But also I have to say, you know, we, we um, probably slightly different to Liverpool. Liverpool, we did the pub garden, which is just down from Anfield, which was good. You know, you're outside Liverpool fans or Brentford fans chatting away and, and really good humoured. But we, we actually found an old school pub, which is fairly close, about 10 minutes walk from Everton. Everton fans and Bees fans, lots of Bees fans in there. And I thought the atmosphere pre-match, the pre-match drink was wicked. It was one of those kick football out football days where the pre-match drink was, there was a good vibe, there's good chat, there was good banter, as they call it, like, you know, before the match. And so I went inside that match actually quite buzzing because I was just thinking, this just reminds me of a proper old school away day. And you go inside the stadium and it was a proper old school stadium as well. I liked it. I liked Everton Stadium. It, it reminded me of a whole Griffin Park. You know, you had the beams around, you know, the stuff that you had to sort of kind of, you know, put your head around because you couldn't see the couldn't see the pitch. You know what I'm saying? Because you had the obstructed view, you know, right from in the middle of the stand. You know, um, the, the, again, it was very, very old school, the stadium in, in its vibe, very tight and compact. Um, Everton fans, I was quite surprised that they sat down for the whole match and didn't really sing very much at all. And again, this is not disrespecting them. I'm just reporting on what I saw, uh, except for after the goal. And it was only after the third and the fourth goal where there was a massive roar. And then you could feel what the atmosphere is like in that ground. And when they did roar, it sounded it sounded bad boy, as they say. You know, it sounded it's, it's, it kind of reminded me of Leeds United. When Leeds United goes off, it really does go off and it's a real atmosphere. But it just really took them a long time to get going, even though that they were they were comfortable in that game and they're doing really well. But I did like the stadium and I'm I'm gonna look forward to going back there towards the end of the season, even though it's been a bit spoilt by doing it for this trip. So for me, away day I think was good bar the 90 minutes. So as we say, kick football out of football, that was definitely a kick football out of football day. And I'm surprised that I've actually spoken so much about that game because I literally wiped it from my memory banks because uh that really, 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 really wasn't the one. I mean, for you as an away day, it was great, Laney, because you basically <laughs> didn't go through any of that at all, did you? 
no, <laughs> I had a few beers on the beach. No, yeah, Ivan Tony started to score. Throws that three and three now. I mean, that's 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 something that made me smile, I guess. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the game at Everton at the end of the season. Hopefully, we can go there and uh, have nothing to play for. But I'm not quite so sure. That's right. So anyway, listen, we're gonna best parked. Everton is behind us. We now have to look in front of us. Manchester City, we're going to the Etihad uh, for the first time for any Bees fan seeing Brentford play at the Etihad. We used to play at Main Road. We've been to Main Road a few times with the Bees back in the day. You and me, Laney? I mean, it's a proper laugh there. Mm, But we're going to go to the Etihad to play Manchester City. But we need to find out more about Manchester City. Because since we played them, they they, they, they put the the jet streamers on or whatever you call them. And they've got a bit of a rocket. And they're they're, they're, they're having a bit of a laugh. And they're they're, they're enjoying their time in the Premier League. So listen, David from Blue Moon Podcast is going to give us the lowdown on Manchester City. Hi everyone, it's David Mooney here from the Blue Moon podcast all about Manchester City. Thank you very much for having me back again uh, to preview City's home game with Brentford. Um, If you don't know what the Blue Moon podcast is, and why would you, let's be honest, uh, it's all about Manchester City. We do uh, reviews of matches, we preview the the coming games, we go out every Friday, um, and we have features and interviews and all that sort of stuff in there as well. It's a proper magazine show, so recently we've done uh, features on things like you might remember uh, the Welcome to Manchester poster from uh, that, that City put up when Carlos Tevez signed from uh, from United, uh, we we spoke to some of the people involved in in making that and putting that up and, and did a little history on that. Uh, we've had interviews of ex players this season, so uh, players like I mean these may mean nothing to to you guys, but players like Richard Jobson, uh, players like uh, John Burridge, the uh, the oldest ever goalkeeper in the uh, in the Premier League who played for City for a few games. Um, Chris Shuker was the most recent one. He came through City's academy, so uh, plenty of uh, plenty of interesting stuff on there. If you want to check it out, just search Blue Moon Podcast. Um, as it comes to this season, uh, should everyone just pack up and go home? Is the Premier League title uh, home and dry? There's plenty outside of City who are saying, yes, it is. Uh, you'll find very few people inside City that say, yes, it is. Um, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I'm not going to say that uh, City don't hold pretty much all of the cards for going into this season. But the league table is a little bit of a, of a deceptive place at the moment. Um, the gap at the top could be a lot shorter if Liverpool win their game in hand. I think it becomes uh, six points if, if Liverpool win their game in hand. And then on top of that, Liverpool come to the Etihad. They haven't got a brilliant record at the Etihad, but they have had some victories there in, in, in recent years. So, you know, all of a sudden they win that, and it's uh, and the gap is then three points with uh, a good, uh, I don't know, what, ten games of the season to go. Uh, it, it's not as over as people seem to think it is. Um that being said, we're very happy with where things are going at the moment. We, we, I think City have played, I mean, extraordinarily well in a lot of games. There's been some games where they haven't played well, but they've got the job done, um, and that's basically been the backbone of this of this winning run that they that they were on up until they uh, they drew with Southampton recently. Um, th- there are some games that uh, that really kind of showcase where City are at this season. Both of the Chelsea games, for instance, were were were, were utterly fantastic, controlled performances. City didn't go wild; they just they just made sure that Chelsea could not get out of their own half, and they they, they there were times when Chelsea would have the ball. City would just make sure that that there was just no avenue for them to get out. Liverpool were a different beast at Anfield. City have a wretched record at Anfield. Um, but they went there and, and for large spells of that game, controlled the game, 
didn't score when they had to and ended up having to come from behind twice but they came from behind twice and that was that that was the key key part of that game so it, it's been a really really good season for city in terms of not just results but but in those big games the performances have been uh, have been excellent as well Equally, they have taken their eye off the ball in a couple of them. You think of the Arsenal game on on New Year's Day, where New Year's Day, where frankly City stole the points from the Emirates. They were, uh, I, I'm not even convinced City deserved a draw out of that game, and somehow they came away with all three. Um, Arsenal just did not let City have any time and space on the ball, and as a result, Arsenal were the ones creating chances. They were the ones looking the more threatening throughout. Um, and you know, had they had they not given away a, a daft penalty in the in the second half, and had they had not had uh, Gabriel sent off, then it, it could be an entirely different game. There, so there is there's still a, a few a few moments where you think you know this this title race isn't done and dusted yet. Um, in terms of, uh, of the ultimate aim for the season now for City, obviously they're out of the League Cup. They're, they're doing well in the FA Cup. They beat Fulham at the weekend and, uh, and have drawn Peterborough, so they've got a really good draw in the next round. Um, it is as simple as win as many trophies as possible. Um, there's not uh, you, you don't really concentrate on trophies. I, keep, I, I always get asked, is, is this the season where City concentrate on the Champions League? And I don't really think that ever... I don't think that ever comes into fruition because the first part of the Champions League, the group stage... The draw favours City pretty much every season. If they if they don't go in as, as title winners, they go in as, as as one of the one of the top seeds now. So they mean it means they generally get a group that they that they should qualify from, which means you don't really need to focus on the Champions League before Christmas. After Christmas, by the time the Champions League returns in, in, in mid February, you know about the rest of them. You know if you're if you're in the League Cup final, well City aren't, so they can't focus on that. You know if you're doing well in the FA Cup, City are in the fifth round, so they can they, they can uh, put a few eggs in that basket. And you know if you're in a title race because there's been there's been times where City have been well out of the title race in in, in the February time. Think of the the year Liverpool won the league recently. City were well off the pace by February. The year the the two Pellegrini uh, seasons where where he didn't win the title, they were they were well off the pace by February. So and in those seasons, you can start looking at the Champions League and saying yes, this is this is the year where we want to put a lot of eggs. In, in that Champions League basket. Um, equally, I'm not going to lie and say that it's it's the one thing that uh, the club, you know, it, it is the one thing that the club wants to win. Let's put it that way. They've never won it. They 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 really really want to to get over the line and get that monkey off the back. Um, the fans are a little bit more blasé about it, but there's not many uh, there's not many City fans out there who'll say, "Yep, yeah, oh we only won the Champions League. That's a bad season." Um, I think a lot of fans focus on the Premier League first and then kind of look at the Champions League after that in terms of uh, of trophy rankings but hey we're not being fussy here we'll take uh, we'll take whatever trophies we can get. Um in terms of teams that we've played against this season teams that we've we, we've seen against City um the surprise packages I think and I I don't know if it's just because of how they've played against City because they they don't seem to have done that well elsewhere. Um but you look at teams like Southampton. I think Southampton have been a real dark horse of this season. They they played really, really intelligently at the Etihad and got a point out of that game. They played really intelligently at St Mary's and got a point out of that game. And arguably, they were unlucky not to get three in one of those games as well. I, I think the way the way the rest of the season has panned out for them, it, it kind of feels like like it hasn't really worked out for them. When actually, you can kind of see what what Ralph Hasenhutl's doing there to try and 
um, foster this this kind of environment and this this sort of really cohesive team. It's worked twice really well against City. The other team that that, that did a similar sort of thing won at the Etihad. It was Crystal Palace. Um, did a really really smart thing of of just stopping City playing through the back and into the into the holding midfielder who I think was Rodri on that day, but it might have been Fernandinho. Um, you cut that pass out and you, you kind of block the, the avenues for the defenders really smartly and you force City to pass the ball around the edge of the box and that's what both Palace and uh, and Southampton have done um, I thought Brentford I, I'm not just saying this because I'm on a Brentford podcast I thought Brentford did a really good job at uh, New Griffin Park as you guys call it um, just uh, of making sure that City were, were at arm's length but equally I thought City did a good job of keeping the ball and not letting Brentford kind of get out of their own half without really City being being that, that threatening so when it comes to this game and, and what Brentford would have to do to, to get something out of City I think there's, there is two things really the first is that exactly that don't let um, uh, don't give City too much space it's obvious that the way that City play, they uh, they they really want to, to to drag players out of position and to and to exploit those gaps. Don't let that happen. So sit tight and and really hold your be be disciplined and hold your position. But the other the other thing to do is to cut off that pass into from the two centre backs who I expect on uh, on Wednesday will be uh, Amrik Laporte and uh, Ruben Diaz. Could be John Stones as well. Um, Either way, you want to cut that pass out into into the holding midfielder, who I again expect to be Rodri. If you can do that and force City wide, it, it quite often makes it very hard for City to then get into the box from wide areas. Um, that's that's exactly what Palace and Southampton did, and it's how they ended up taking points from the Etihad. The the downside is that City do have a lot of individual quality. So sometimes you know you can do all that and play really well, and then I don't know Kevin De Bruyne or Riyad Mahrez or Raheem Sterling, someone just you know, smacks one in from from distance. So it's not an easy task to get something out of City, but it is uh, it is doable. Fulham at weekend tried, you know, they tried to get the ball down and play, which worked really fine. And you know, Guardiola will always champion that. The reason he champions that is because you know, an end to end game like that, City tend to win. City tend to have the more quality to be able to take their chances compared to compared to Fulham. So. You know, you'll get praise from Guardiola for getting it down and playing, but it can be uh, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword in that sense. How this game is going to play out, I don't know. Um, I think you don't need me to sit here and tell you about all the the attacking talent that you need to fear from City because it's it's pretty obvious. The one who has been the the cornerstone of this season is Riyad Mahrez. He he has pretty much um, been behind everything that City have created this year. He leads, I think, I think he leads everybody at City in goals and assists. Um, De Bruyne is obviously fantastic. I think Grealish is starting to come a, a little bit to the fore now. Uh, he's had a he's had a bit of a slow start at City, but he's, he's coming to the fore. And we all love Phil Foden because he, uh, he he's a young lad coming through the academy and and gets the ball down and, and he's exciting when he's when he's playing. Bernardo's gone off the boil a bit this uh, this last few weeks. Raheem Sterling came into form just after Christmas, but again has has had a, a, a difficult couple of games now. Um, if I had to pinpoint one player to really watch out for in this game, I, I would expect. It'd be Riyad Mahrez with uh, with Phil Foden pretty uh, pretty close uh, close behind. Um, and as for where Bees fans can uh, can be in, in in Manchester after the game, um, 
I listen. I'm not a big drinker. I'm well. I don't drink at all, so I'm not exactly the the man to uh, to give you the perfect recommendations here. Uh, but me and my mates always end in the Northern Quarter. That's where we uh, where, where we always tend to go. Um, the bar of choice is called Trough. Um, you'll find it in in the Northern Quarter. It's uh, th- there's a lot of kind of trendy and and and, and nice bars around there. So uh, if any bees fans want to go for a drink after the game, you'll find uh, the atmosphere around the Northern Quarter pretty damn good. As for a score prediction, I'll leave you with this. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I don't. I, I don't think it, it'll be an absolute rout. I think Brentford are far too far too canny for that. Um, I'm going to say two nil to City. I want to say a big thank you to David from Blue Moon Podcast, the Manchester City podcast. Really good podcast, actually. If you get a chance, go and have a listen to it. it gives a different point of view. It's quite funny as well. They've got the Fulham preview on there. We've got our chums from Fulhamish on their previewing the Man City game and they are a little bit more optimistic about their results against Manchester City but as we know how that went in the end it'll make you chuckle anyway I think we're going to keep this fairly brief and this is not because we're disrespecting Brentford but we need to kind of just like let's be realistic here uh, Manchester City very very strong at finishing scoring chances very strong at attacking set pieces attacking down the wings creating long shot opportunities creating chances through through balls defending set pieces creating chances through individual skill creating scoring chances and protecting the lead where they're weak aerial duels and avoiding offside we've got our work cut out and we know that we've got our work I mean listen this team's short passes and they control the game in the, an hour half they like to keep the ball. They're not aggressive. They play the offside trap. Um, we've got to work that out, Laney. It's, it's the most daunting fixture of, of the season, bar none. It's, it's a really hard podcast to, to obviously talk about. You know, you've got a 4-1 four, four defeat uh, on, on Saturday that we got to, we, we've got to put a spin on. And then we've, we've got a, a game against, you know, as I said, like the best team probably in the world. Um, it's. I know. I know. It was only a narrow defeat at, at Griffin Park, but they, they 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 dominated that game. We had our, we had our moments. We didn't take them early on. Um, it's it's a game. It's a it's a fixture that other teams in in similar situations have got something out of. Southampton went there, and that they 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 didn't roll over. We Crystal we. Crystal Palace as well, yeah. I mean, they, 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 it's, it's possible. It is possible. It's possible. Anything Whether is possible. It, <laughs> anything is possible. Whether it's possible for us in this stinky form, I'm not sure. So, but you know, I'm going there full of full of hope, but with with zero expectation. If I'm honest with you, um, it's, it's you know, it's it's a game that I I want to go and I want to I want to get behind the lads. Um, and it, it's, it's yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, but you know I'm, I'm not putting any money on anything other than a defeat. And it's just you know it's it's just it's just one of them. It's one of them. That was we knew that we had to play this fixture, and we you know we have to we have to be big boys and, and girls and t- take our medicine if that's what happens. Yeah, I mean the thing about it is that and then so a bit of a takeaway from the previous game, but it, it, it reflects into this game here. Um, we realise, and we said this before, if we have players out the side, players out of our first 11, then it completely misbalances our side. And and and, and um, uh, Brian and Bumo being out the side and 
Canos has gone in and Canos, to be quite honest with you, he does blow hot and cold. And again, it's not a disrespect on him, but this is just a fact. So he, he's playing right back one minute. Next minute, he's playing you know up front with Ivan Tony, and he plays hot and cold. And if he doesn't have a great game, it's it's really it's a massive hole for us. And 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 uh, Sergi Sergi didn't have the best you know he didn't have the best game you know up at Everton. Neither did a lot of the players as well. But it's a massive hole for us now. I, I'm not quite sure if uh, if Mbumo is back. You know he was COVID he had, uh, COVID related. So he wasn't back. Risa also was COVID-related as well. So he was out for that game, whether or not they're back or not. Again, I, I know our spies that are down at Jersey Road. I can't remember if they reported whether or not they're near or not. I'll have to find out a little bit later. We'll tweet it out if we can do. But, you know, if he's back, that is actually going to make a big difference. doesn't mean we're going to beat Man City, but it's going to be a big difference for us because them not being in means the outlet that we have, you know, you lay the balls off, players running off Tony and everything like that. It's just not happening. So that, that situation, I think, is very, very important to start off with. Um, also, the other thing is, um, like I said to you, it's our defensive situation. You know, I mean, we we, we were fed, we were defensively sound against Manchester City last time, so we have to be equally defensively sound this time. We haven't got Dominic Thompson, who's a you know, there's a lot of people very angry that Dominic Thompson went off to somewhere else. But the fact is that you know, it was recently um, leaked by Nottingham Forest that we actually put Force and Dominic Thompson in for a deal. For uh, Brennan Johnson, which wasn't accepted, 15 million plus those two players we we offered for uh, for for Brennan Johnson, and it was rejected by Nottingham Forest, you know. And that was like I said, that's out in the press, that's out there in the open, so we're not revealing anything else that's not been. So obviously Brentford have been trying to get rid of Dominic Thompson anyway. We said this from time, but also Marcus Force obviously doesn't feature, and he's now over at Hull, and I think there's going to be some sort of kind of like you know maybe there's some sort of deal for the old Lewis Potter character, you know what I'm saying? The the the, the, the Potter character may maybe. But my point is, you know, that Dominic Thompson, yes, he got player of the match, but he isn't the key. So we, we, we've got our original defence now. Laney, what, what are you saying? Will we be able to? What do we need to do to hold Man City out? We, we just have to look beyond. But we, we, we have to make no mistakes and hopefully they miss anything. I mean, it's not all about our mistakes. They, they, are, they are technically superb and they they will unpick the best teams the other best teams in Europe so you know it, it, it's not it's not necessarily about what we do we, we have we have to make no mistakes and they have to be awful as well so that's, we need two things to happen um, and it's unlikely both of both of those are going to going to align um, but, but what we, we do have to do is, is, is pick a team that is going to be as similar to the Crystal Palace one as, as, as we can and and use it as a as a as a gelling process so we, you know if, if nothing else we get some positives and we get some sort of consistency and we can build upon um, some positives that happen up in Manchester that that's that's the real you know the realist in me um, the the, the fantasy system me is we can go there and we can pull off an incredible fame must win you know it's possible you know it's, it's unlikely but we, we have to we have to go there hoping that it's going to be our day you know man city do get one or one or two of them a season it's it's just the way it is it has to be us yeah has to be us tomorrow night uh, okay so um just just quick just briefly as also josh de silva back in the side obviously and I'd like to think that he's going to play more than the 15 minutes he won't play a whole game but maybe he might play uh you know 25 minutes or maybe 35 minutes maybe you know what I'm saying in this game or maybe even play a half in this game um, and maybe he might play the, the first half as opposed to the second half you know what I'm saying so he comes on and he sort of kind of sets something up and then somebody comes on um, does that excite you? Yeah 100% yeah 
you know, I, I don't want to see an experiment tomorrow, but you know, Josh De Silva, as we've said, is 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 a he's a massive player for us, and we have to get him back to ninety minutes, and that that in that involves him playing more minutes than he played at Goodison on on, on Saturday. So yeah, yeah, I, I like I like I like the way that you say starting. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the that's the you know the, the better the better option is to set ourselves up stronger, and then just see how see how we go. Just see okay, how we go. so and I will say Laney. I'm going to ask you to give you a score prediction. Oh, mate. 5-1 uh, to Man City. Oh, Laney. Wow, okay. So, And I was on the Blue Moon podcast, and I have to say, and uh, listen, thanks for having us on Blue Moon, the Blue Moon podcast. Just just Google it or whever like that. Check out the Blue Moon podcast. Like I said to you, I did the besotted review on there, and I did it before the Everton game. And I have to admit, I went for a 2-0 win uh, to Everton. In that and to Everton to Manchester City in that as well so like you know I'm, not, I'm still not going to deflect after that Everton game because I think that's going to be a wake-up call for us and I think we'll tack it back but I still think we'll lose and I think 2-0 I think 2-0 is probably quite a good result for us as it goes so anyway listen this has just been a brief one um, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast oh, and it's brought to you by Anything Is Possible AIP.media don't forget to subscribe to us on all podcast channels and write review if you can do. We really appreciate it. Buy us at beerbesotted.com forward slash beer. Um, one thing I'll have to do is give a shout out to Chris, who actually in the queue, we had one of our posse from uh, one of our posses, actually uh, daughter-in-laws, actually. She goes to Liverpool University and she had a drink with us. She goes, oh, I love this Brentford thing. I want to come to the game. She didn't have a ticket. And Chris actually gave us his ticket kids ticket he said thank you very much you know you can have it and just you know put the money to charity so we put the money to charity again to the rob rowan charity as we have done like he said to you so like i said if you google besotted we might put the link up in this podcast link as well where it's the besotted charity for rob rowan as well so we donated the ticket money for that so thank you very much chris for donating your ticket money to the rob rowan Crite Heart Charity as well. So that's all good. But other than that, like I said to you, I've got over the Everton thing. I'm looking forward to Manchester. I'm looking forward to a week or a week, <laughs> a night out of Manchester. We're all going up there. Listen, we're not expecting anything from the game, but we're going out. We're going to have a few good drinks. We're going to be around the jewelry quarter and the this quarter and the that quarter and the porthouse place and all sorts of bars. We'll be there from, from lunchtime on uh, Wednesday. So if you're around and you want to have a drink, just, just drop us a message sometimes so we can hook up with you because we're going to have a right laugh and we'll be having a good laugh after the game and it's going to be kick, kick football out of football game. But Laney, enjoy yourself and have a safe flight back. Cheers, mate. I shall see you tomorrow, bright and breezy. It's bright and breezy, the car up to Manchester and everybody else, like I say, safe journey up to Manchester if you're going. If not, just enjoy it on the TV. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Don't let in too many goals. Don't do it. <laughs> The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.